Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast Strikes Back. My name is George and you're listening to the weekly movie show with the boys Connor. Hello. And Benny. Hello. Guys, we have rescheduled the podcast to Tuesday evenings because Connor has something else to do. Uh, come yeah, on, sorry. man. I'm a busy man. He has yeah. something else to do tonight as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, I, I was actually thinking about it today. I think it's kind of cool that we're doing Tuesdays because, you know, we get a few more headlines from the current week rather than retroactively sort of talking about them. And one of them's fairly big today. I'm, I'm keen to talk about that. Yeah. So um, there is some advantages here. So guys, expect the episodes to drop Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, depending on how... Organized we are. Organized we yeah. are. <laughs> um, so yeah, those Friday are the dates. Afternoon. Yeah. Like, never. Just never. And sorry about last week as well, guys. Life got in the way. Connor started his thing. We couldn't record. It happens. It happens. It so, happens. There we are. Anyway, got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. A lot of trailers to catch up on, some cool headlines. But before we get into it, let's talk what everyone's been watching Benny, tell us your monster list of the week, bro. <laughs> well, we didn't record last week, so yeah. I've built up a bit of a backlog. 17 movies. Yeah, 17 movies, 25 uh, TV series in full. Um, so I checked out uh, Bad Times at the El Royale. Um, have either of you guys seen that? Nope. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> so we no, were going to review that at one point or another. Uh, Drew Goddard's um, long-awaited um, follow-up to Cabin in the Woods. Can't believe that. And, it's and been a long time. Added yeah. to, sorry to butt in, but added in here... Cabin in the Woods was shot in 2009. Yeah, it was shot for a couple of years yeah. as well. So that's that's a that blows my mind. He was a showrunner on um, Daredevil. Daredevil for a while until he dropped out of that. Then was going to be working on the Sinister Six movie for Sony, <laughs> and that fell all apart. So um, anyway, we finally got a new movie for him from him. Um, really enjoyed it. I kind of feel like it doesn't add up to the sum of its parts. So in in that way, it's kind of the opposite of Cabin in the Woods, which I feel like just keeps blowing your mind level by level. Yeah. Um, sometimes literally, um, not blowing your mind, but levels. <laughs> um. And, uh, it, yeah, really good, really enjoyable, very engaging, um, interesting way. It kind of tells the same story from different perspectives throughout, but um, not all that amazing once you get down to it. Um, I also just very freshly checked out the first episode of DC's Titans, um, the, the oh, Teen yeah. Titans live-action TV show. Fuck you, Batman. Fuck Batman. Oh, fuck um, Batman. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> much controversy coming out of that one, especially after that first trailer. Uh, I've only seen the one episode, like 50 minutes long. Really, really liked it. Okay. Um, there's another one out, which I've heard is better than the first one. So. What's the tonal vibe? It feels really, like, gritty in the way that, like, Daredevil Season 1 is gritty. Um, exactly like that. and But, like, dealing with much more fantastical elements. Like, it's bringing in very disparate characters. You've got Robin, who's openly referencing Batman a lot through the show. He seems to have just recently had a falling out with him. Um, you've got uh, Raven, which is a big part of the, the plot of the show, it seems, who's essentially the son of, like, a devil figure. And the, people are trying to convince her to like bring up on the end of the world and stuff. So it's like it's out there. You've got a character, um, Starfire, who is an alien, but you do not know that in the show at this point, at least. Um, which I really like the way they're handling it so far. You know, she was a big point of controversy, her costume and the way she looks. People hated it. People were freaking out. As soon as the show, I saw her in the show, I'm like, oh, I really dig how they're handling this because um, she just like wakes up seemingly with amnesia in like a car with a dead guy um, and people chasing her, and she doesn't know what her deal is, uh-huh. and the audience doesn't either, obviously. Um, it really reminded me of Under the Skin, kind of the way it was being handled, especially because nice. it, it was in Europe as well. That's a big sell, man. I'm don't. I'm not comparing <laughs> it directly. <laughs> don't do that to me, bro. What are you it's doing, the man? Under the Skin. <laughs> but um, yeah. Anyway, 
really enjoying it so far. Can't wait to watch the second episode. What's tonight. the continuity in this? Like, what not shows does not connected to anything? See, that's what's fucking cool about DC. So not connected to the I CW. They, yeah, I really wanted to go down that path. Yeah, because that just I, I love that blank canvas uh, sort of any come at anything with no baggage. Um, and you don't have to continually. Say, I mean, when you say no baggage, it's DC, so it's coming with a whole bunch of baggage. Of course, you have that template. You have that template, but, but I yeah, guess they can, they can, they a can, co- baggage of a, a continuity or a yeah. shared universe. Yeah, and they which can define they can yeah. define yeah. their own baggage, which I like because you know in the movie universe they got to introduce each character as new, whereas in the show they can just be like, okay, here's Hawk and Dove. They're a superhero duo that existed for years. This is who they are. The world has accepts that there's superheroes everywhere. You don't have to be like, oh, it's Man of Steel, the first superhero. And yeah. then gradually like, and there's yeah. a crocodile man. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Um, really liking it. Um, I also watched a horror movie the other night. Sorry, I'm racing through this. Um, called February over here, um, but known as The Black Coat's Daughter everywhere else, I think. Yeah, you mentioned this to me. Um, I heard about this one from the festival circuit uh, a year or two ago, and it was kind of on my radar. Didn't know anything else about it. Um, and checked it out on Netflix the other night. Um, real slow burn and one that I think would be quite divisive. Um, it, firmly, like, undebatably in the house of art house horror. Connor, you would hate it. Um, Excellent. But I've not been able to stop <laughs> thinking about it. It really stuck with me. And um, I can't wait to watch it again, honestly, which I don't do with movies much anymore. Um, but, yeah, really, really dug it. Um, I checked out the first episode of the new Doctor Who Um Again, controversial. I won't dwell on this one, but uh, I enjoyed it. Solid, uh, I don't know, 7 out of 10 by Doctor Who standards. Cool. It was, it was fine, 6 out of 10. Maybe it was new fine. Doctor? New Doctor, fantastic. Cool. Very keen to see where she goes. Great. Um, I watched all of The Haunting of Hill House, the new oh, Netflix okay, yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I, I've watched episode one. I've, I, I've heard mixed reviews about this. I marathoned it in like two and a half sittings. It was, I couldn't stop watching it. I was up to 4 a.m. my first night. Um, I, I, I'm just in love with this series. Mike Flanagan has ascended to another level for me. Um, from a just as a director, like, I think so as well. The the um the construction of this series it jumps around in two main timelines and in and out of different periods within those. Um, with a cast of half a dozen main characters again in both timelines. Um, the the casting, the direction, the the way it's all kind of woven together. Again, you've got the first episode which introduces everything. Then a bunch of episodes in the middle, which are each from a different character's yep. perspective, then and now, um, and it's just it is so it's so creepy. It's not like you know the reviews are like it's the scariest thing ever. Nothing's the scariest thing ever. Nothing's so scary. It's I fine. hate I hate that marketing. I know, and I don't want that to turn you off because what I'm saying about the show is not it's not super scary. It's scary. Yeah. It's fine. It's just a really good show though. So the the question that I have, which is kind of the criticism that I got from a couple of friends, was um, the ending. That the no, actually the the child acting. Was um, I mean, child acting is never good, but he said I couldn't disagree more. I think they're fantastic. Yeah, okay. I it's, thought they it's, were. It's got one really of the girls. Strong. It's got the the main girl from uh, Ouija, uh, the second one. Um, That's the right. one who plays the um, the younger sister in that. Uh, I didn't recognize her for a few episodes. Ouija, I'm like, Ouija two? two. Yeah, I'm just like, isn't that the girl? From, isn't that the same girl from Annabelle? Uh, but sure. Might be. Well, I don't. Know. Well, Annabelle. Annabelle two. No, 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 it's not. No, no, no. Okay. Um, but they were great too. But um, no, I think the cast throughout was fantastic. It's even got Elliot from ET as as the father, which nice. Really, and it's a slow me. burn. Yeah. What I'm really loving about it is the amount of setup in episode one. Mm. Like it really seems to be like they're very dense in its mythology. Yeah. What it's bringing to the table, like there's a lot to chew on here. And it, it, I, I think personally, it pays off in spades episode by episode but um the only criticism i've really seen it from people who are really familiar with the book which is fair that's a whole other ball game but um 
Uh, I loved. I can't wait to watch that again as well, which I would never do with with like a Netflix series generally. But uh, yeah, absolutely love it. There is uh, in episode six. There is about around four shots in the episode, like a fifty minute episode. The first shot is twenty three minutes long, and I know that that's kind of a gimmicky thing nowadays. But holy fuck, I just kept watching it. Like the things that are happening in this scene, yeah. like the old cast and the young cast are both in it. In you think the it same was shot, shot in in one take? Yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, it looks like it was anyway. And hey, it was, fuck the Jaeger. All right, uh, I can't recommend that one highly enough. Um, I checked out yesterday First Man, which I'm sure is going to be a big one come award season, uh, starring Ryan Gosling about uh, Neil Armstrong going to the moon. Does he make it or not? Nobody knows. Who can say? I won't spoil the ending. It was faked. <laughs> um, conspiracy. I would love it if that movie turned out to be like a, a, a conspiracy theory <laughs> film. Dude, when he's on the end and he's just looking at the vast emptiness of the moon, I'm like, please let something happen. Like yeah. something fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I'd, fu- I'd fucking love that. I'd love it if they just turned out to be in a studio. Um, or aliens. like my, my second one would be like aliens or like yeah. moon people or art- artifacts or some shit like that. And then like kind of set it up for a sequel that's it's a, really it's a venom prequel like life yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or this transformers up there so <laughs> that you, shows you, that shows our perspective doesn't it are you finished <laughs> your, your list no. i have a question for you okay, okay ask a question if you want okay uh i also i finished off luke cage season two i thought it was terrific yeah really boring like all of these fucking netflix shows yeah but really good at the same time but it was wasn't it yeah no i really liked it uh plot wise it dragged on here and there but um ended in a cool place uh can't wait for season three we won't have to talk about that again this episode. Um, and I, I watched one episode of Iron Fist. I think I got through the whole thing. Um, I watched 20 minutes and have to, had to take a four-hour nap. <laughs> yeah, the, um, the, the first episode in particular was tough for me, yeah. largely because I had come straight off the end of um, Luke Cage season two, which mm. by comparison is, is you know miles ahead in terms of acting and, mm. and um, scripting, particularly for the Iron Fist character. Um, but I, look, stick with it. It's, I, uh, it's I, nothing else but for Colleen Wing um, yeah. and her and her involvement in no, that. It's such a badass. I'm well, I'm too invested at this point. Yeah. Um, my question: mm. Did you end up revisiting Venom? I've seen it twice. Yeah. Okay, so I think last time we spoke, you had only seen it the once. Yes. And you said you were very interested to to go back to it, see if you know your um, views. Kind of, you, you stayed as positive as you were before. Yeah. Spoiler alert: Ben was very positive for Venom. If you yeah. haven't watched the um, check the out review. the review. Um, so at this point, my feelings on the film are, uh, it is all held together by a sweaty, wild-eyed performance, centerpiece performance from Tom Hardy, nothing else matters. No okay. plot details, no <clears throat> character motivations, nothing matters because it's a one-man show. Is it held up to the, to the, the same level of, of, I guess, good that you um, had it there? Yeah, because I, I'd have to go back and listen to the review specifically, but I don't think I ever thought it was a good movie. I just think it's wildly entertaining and bizarre. Like, it's so in this blockbuster landscape. It's like nothing else I've seen for a long time, and seeing something new always I can just see me. myself putting that on multiple times. Yeah, like, we, uh, The rewatchability, I, I to, see there's a... I, I, to I, get I, straight to the point, I enjoyed it thoroughly the second time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, you want to go? Yeah, sure. Um, I've got two movies that I watched... Um, one was a rewatch. One was the first time I'd watched it. I rewatched Coco um, with my girlfriend who hadn't seen it. Nice. Have you both seen? No, I haven't seen that one. The latest Pixar film. Um, gets in the feels. But more than that, it's just a gorgeous looking film. I cried mean, my heart out, man. I thought it was a good movie until like the last 10, 15, 20 minutes. And then I'm like, this is a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy like that. I mean, <laughs> I, I, it doesn't, there's nothing too 
you know, kind of wild that happens in that movie. In when the, the first... main kid gets hit by a car at the end, I was just yeah, like, yeah. what the fuck? And really dies in a gruesome way. No, um, really gorgeous film. Um, lots of heart. Um, it's, it feels to me like a return to form for Pixar. Um, kind of in league of, of, uh, up. Um, and, you know, maybe even Wally and Toy Story 3, that kind of level that I, I like to see Pixar playing at. It's an interesting thought because I would say it's it's consistent with their level that they're always at when they're not doing sequels or cash-ins. Yeah. So I would say, because I'm the one guy who really liked Good Dinosaur, so... No, no, well, there's two of us. Cool. Well, yeah, so I think all their kind of original stuff that's not following on from other series or prequels or whatever... It- it does make me a little sad that that Good Dinosaur and and Coco didn't seem to have as much praise. I like I I mean a lot of people liked Coco, but I feel like it didn't get the same kind of it hype. When you as look at Dory and Incredibles, and Dory and, and all those yeah, like movies, yeah, like the the just the sequels they're doing now, which I think are very average for the most part. Um, yeah, Dory was god awful. They get money, man. They get money. Yeah. So I guess they're funding these other movies. Well, and that's you can kind of see why they do it if they're getting that kind of yeah. bank. Um, Okay, the uh, other one I watched was The Disaster Artist. Cool. It's been a long time coming. Um, George, have you seen that one? I was going to chuck that on the plane, <laughs> but I didn't watch it. Yeah. How was it? say no. Um, I, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a fascinating film. Yeah. Um, I've, I've always been kind of fascinated with the, uh, the, um, the myth of Tommy Wiseau um, and... Uh, I, uh, although I've only recently seen The Room like this year mm-hmm. and I went to one of those screenings where they have got the plastic spoons and all that kind of stuff um, I think that James Franco did a, a fantastic job as Tommy, Tommy Wiseau like I mean that's really almost eerie how well he plays him um, and uh, and his brother I, I just love that it was like a family affair they've got you know um, James Franco they've got Dave Franco and then they've got Dave Franco's wife Um uh, oh, now I can't. I love that, uh, unlike most biopics, um, Dave Franco plays like a less good looking version of the real life person. Because I think, like, Greg, oh, I don't know Greg about Sestero, that. I think he's like a much better looking guy. He's so much taller. Uh, um, <laughs> no you just like the tall, the <laughs> no tall and lanky type. Like, I get what you're doing here. <laughs> um, no, that movie was a lot of fun. I thought it felt, it felt a little too like editorialized by Tommy Wiseau himself. Like, it felt like his kind of version of events from what i understand compared to the the book written by sestero which was a little more like he's less of like a lovable mysterious guy and like oh, oh i know See, I, I know I, I know what you're thinking of but it yeah it like the movie was very much approved by um was though like he was a big part of like the marketing for it and everything like, so according this, to like you know sources i suppose um the, it, <laughs> not it, the script or, or not even just sources like people that have read the book and read the or and and watched the movie it's pretty close like they haven't strayed from it too far mm. i think what you might be referring to is kind of like the tone of the character in that yeah which i almost thought that they they did a good job of kind of playing both sides like he is you know in in you know parts of that film demonized and and shown to be kind of a, a like not just a lovable weird character, but like just a weird person mm. and, and kind of sinister almost. Um, so I thought they did a good job of of showing that, but also not kind of completely, you know, demonizing him and making him out to be the shit character. Like there's a little bit of redemption at the end. So 
We gotta watch cool. Best Fiends sometime. Uh, <laughs> we do a review. Could do that. Yeah, <laughs> we should. Best <laughs> Fiends. Is that one of his other films. Parts one and two. Remember That's we watched his... the trailer for the? It was like the, a new a new collaboration from Greg Sestero oh, and yeah, Tommy yeah, Wiseau. Yeah. The yeah. trailer was really good. Shit. <laughs> it it looks That's scary. <laughs> scary. Uh, this week I watched Step Brothers. So my family came over, chucked on Step Brothers. Just a classic. Good to revisit that one. And I also, do you guys, do you guys know that YouTube show, Wogs vs. Aussies? Yeah. Super Wog. Mm. Okay. So the two guys from that, Theo and I can't remember the, his brother, the two main stars, they've started, uh, 23 minute episodes on YouTube, the Super Wog show. And it's, um, it is so fucking funny. Like mm. I can't say it more than that. If you're into the humor of Vox vs. Aussies, like this is, so good, but they add a really good narrative flavor to it, and they're able to take the skit comedy aspect that they do in Wogs vs. Aussies, and they're able to appropriate appropriate it into these twenty three minute little story arc episodes. I, I highly recommend everyone go chuck it on. It's it's a good laugh. I feel like that is such a contextual, um, like just property. I mean, if you tried to show that to anyone that didn't live in Australia or even just like Sydney. Yeah, um, it'd be like this is like this Lucas is a from bit Melbourne. questionable. Or, yeah, or I, Mel- Sydney, Melbourne, like that. I kind totally of like know what you metropolitan mean, city in, in Australia. Yeah, for all the American English listeners, go check out <laughs> Wogs vs Aussies and comment on our Facebook. Let us know. Does it make any sense to you? Is there any humor here? Because for us, it's hilarious. I, I, I love I love that show. And good on those guys. They. They're really giving it a, a solid crack. And I think they've got Screen Australia involved here, YouTube, ABC, or SBS, I can't remember. So Stop sucking up, George. Good on him. Good fucking on him. Let's <laughs> get, get him on the up, podcast. <laughs> Let's get him on the podcast. We'll give, we'll give you a spotlight. <laughs> we'll Skype you in. We'll record it as well. It's going to be great. Anyway, let's get into the news because there's tons of stuff to talk about. Uh-huh, two weeks of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, let's jump right in with the the new news today. Um, Wonder Woman 1984 has been bumped from its November 2019 release date to June 5th, 2020. Um, so that's uh, more than six months. We got uh, Warner Brothers head of domestic distribution here with a quote. Uh, we had tremendous success releasing the first Wonder Woman film during the summer. So when we saw an opportunity to take advantage of the changing competitive landscape, we did. This movie, uh, this move lands the film exactly where it belongs. So is this them moving for these reasons, or is them moving because they need more production time? It's not for that reason. <laughs> like that's the biggest bullshit quote. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, no, November has performed well for Venom, but we'll see what the total haul is. But Wonder Woman did well at the box office at I don't that think time of year. Venom has entered November yet. Uh, well, October, November. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember off the top of my head what the competition against this film was against Wonder Woman was opening up the week after it, but Let's it was like. It it was bad. <laughs> like it was nothing that Warner Brothers would have been worried about whatsoever. So I I feel like like given the restructuring they must be going through, um, and the just the complete flux of the DC EU or whatever they want to call it at this point, um, I don't think they know exactly what they're doing with this it movie. It seems like an odd move for them. I mean, like they would want to bring kind of one of their stronger properties forward, if anything else. It doesn't show an awful lot of confidence. No, and I think I think and I think people are kind of coming around to this opinion as well in general, that they got very lucky with Wonder Woman, which is not a, which is not a knockout, but it just came at the right time in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, even was, even the, the, the you know the state of the DCU where it was, which is a bad place, but not as bad as it is right yeah. now. And I mean, I think that's kind of what it was. It was a perfect storm. It was in a time where DC wasn't making great films, and but they hadn't made on, Justice League yet. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, up comes this movie that isn't bad, and so people are like, "Oh yes, this is like this is you know all these DC fans best are DC gra- movie ever." <laughs> yeah, these DC fans are grabbing onto it, and you know anyone else that's invested in in DC in any way are grabbing onto it, being like, "Hell yeah!" And also, when has there been a really half decent, widely publicized female superhero and movie? That's, that's the other, not, not a long, not many. There the has other been side a half decent one. There they've, all, been, they've all been god <laughs> awful. Catwoman, I mean, Catwoman fuck, was great. Yeah. Supergirl. No, no, and then that's the other side of the sword, and then they're coming in with this, you know, you know, fucking decent um, female-led superhero film, which a lot of people have been crying for, uh, and a lot of you know, a lot of other people grabbed onto it from that angle. So it ended up being this perfect storm. I don't think they'll be able to get away with those two things um, now because a the bar has been set, so you're not you're not going to get away with a half decent film. People aren't going to be shouting for that in the DC anymore because they've had it. And Marvel's probably going to jump right over that bar. Well, you know, more Captain than Marvel. likely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're not only you're probably going to do a good film, um, but but again, it's going to be a strong female character that is leading, like purposefully leading, you know, phase four or or you know, kind of moving Marvel into this new era, as opposed to this almost kind of afterthought that I feel Wonder Woman was. I mean, I can almost guarantee you the producers on that film for Wonder Woman were fucking shocked it did as well as it did. I, I I'd be very surprised if they had engineered that movie to be that successful. Couple Which is th- probably why it was so good. <laughs> mm. I mean, yeah. Um couple things. So Wonder Woman in 2017 was the tenth highest grossing film with eight hundred and twenty-one million dollars at the worldwide box office. Nice. It came out on May fifteenth. And you're kind of right, Benny. We've got sort of Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Captain Underpants, Ooh. The Mummy. Cars three, so the mummy, the mummy would have eaten a little bit into it, but not much. And then, really, like June, it sort of transforms the last night. That was the next big player here, other than Despicable Me three. So we've got a lot of kids movies, and then we've got a lot of blockbusters, but you know, not the strongest blockbusters, the weakest performing Transformers movie in the franchise. The Mummy, which I, I can't remember how well it performed initially, but I'm the the overall that film bombed yeah. but these, these these were like highly publicized films like i mean I before it. they I actually think, came out you I, could have probably made the argument that I, they would have taken away they would have taken away of course they would have taken away some but you know it's not an infinity war it's not I'm gonna, like I'm gonna take, something I'm gonna, taking a massive chunk out i'm gonna take kudos for that point um but what i was actually talking about was the movies up against uh wonder woman 2 that's what i thought he was talking about as well yeah yeah so that's that's let's Termin- have a look at that <laughs> terminator 6 and sonic the hedgehog are are opening the week after um, was this the in, initial release date? What, what, right. is, is there anything that's releasing just before it that might, you know? I mean, those are the na- movies I saw name checked. So I'm assuming they're the biggest ones in those that are area. The ones they actually <laughs> name checked. Those are the ones they moved away from Fuck. competition with. Are you serious? <laughs> Jesus, that's yeah. That you know, you can imagine like, him just going out to talk to the press, being like, "No one's going to fucking believe this shit." Doesn't inspire confidence. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But good luck to him. Yep. <laughs> Any more on that one, Georgie? No. Sweet. All righty. Well, uh, next up, some uh, good or bad news, sort of both. I don't know. Netflix has cancelled Iron Fist uh, and Luke Cage one week apart after two seasons of each. Um, Netflix's chief content officer, Ted Sarandos, says, 
Those shows are for us to cancel, and we're super happy with their performance so far. Did, Sorry, that's, that's, in refer- that's in reference to the other shows that they have not been cancelled yet. Because obviously the very the, <laughs> the early the early speculation no the, <laughs> the early speculation was that um, Disney was like uh, pulling rank here and being like okay we're come on we want this stuff back now wrap yeah. it up but um, yeah he said after Iron Fist was cancelled he's like no they're we're very happy with these we cancel when we want and then a few days after that they cancelled the cage as well do you think they're going to consolidate these shows into was it Heroes for Hire no. I don't. No? I don't think they would publicly cancel, but because you never knows, get information. No, you never get information like this from Netflix. This is really weird. Like Netflix is very. They don't give any numbers out. They don't. I, they just say like this one's done really well, and they don't talk about the others. And they kind of quietly cancel things sometimes, but um, not like this happened very soon after Iron Fist season two was released. I find that really weird. That show must have bombed horribly. Or something else is happening. For Part them. of me thinks like this could be a genius PR move where in X amount of time we get, hey, we're bringing them back. You know what I think it is? I think it's that they will no longer have their own shows. I don't necessarily think that we won't see Iron Fist. They're not again. retiring the characters. So I think that totally, um, yeah, yeah. what's the Colleen Wing and Daughters Disney of the Night? Dragon? I think the, the follow up to Iron Fist will be Daughters of the Dragon. And I will, you'll almost certainly see. Iron Fist in in that in some capacity, um, and for Luke Cage, oh hell, I don't know. It'll probably be a um, a combination with Jessica Jones. Because to be honest, I yeah, he pops up here and there. I enjoyed Jessica Jones, but I don't know that I want to see a third season of that. Well, that's the thing because that one has been confirmed for a third season. Well, exactly. Yeah. And, but I wouldn't be surprised if they cancel that as well because I think Luke Cage they'd already been talking about a third season. Um, yeah, I I completely agree with that. I don't think the characters are gone. I just find it odd that they've like so publicly announced the cancellation of these two shows, and and after all of this talk about you know Disney's streaming service and, now wondering and, about the and rights, and the goodwill that everyone's had towards Daredevil season three, mm. I think the reviews have been very positive. For yeah, that. doing this right on the release of that yeah, as well. So yeah. I feel I, I somehow I, I feel as though this could be a genius. There's PR more move. announcements coming. Yeah, yeah, I feel like you know one week this goes, the next week that goes. This, this feels like tactically played out. Mm. Do you feel like they're just gonna like? What, what say the the movies are, or sorry the the TV shows are done because we're doing a movie or something like that. <laughs> or just like movie. bomb drops like Heroes for Hire bomb. and everyone's like, eh. and everyone's <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know, fuck that. Hill House season two is on. <laughs> hey, you got Iron Fist in my Luke Cage. <laughs> yeah. I also think that they this might just be a tactical decision on this because uh, with with the way that they've set this universe up, there's a barrier to entry going in um like uh daredevil because you're gonna feel like if you haven't watched any of the iron fists you haven't watched any of the um you know luke cages you're going to miss out on some of the content in you know daredevil season three or something so i reckon that they might be looking at this being like i don't want to take the risk on these shows that haven't performed overly well and then make that a barrier to entry for people to come into, you know, seasons that they really like, like Daredevil. 100% agree with your point. I sincerely doubt Daredevil is going to delve into that muck at all. I like, I guarantee the showrunners for Daredevil just like, but it might, it might be that people, no, no, people, people people will think that. Yeah, no, I'm saying I completely agree, but I guarantee that Daredevil is just like, don't touch any of that shit. But then again, again, I, I kind of almost disagree because there's a pivotal moment of uh, for the character in Defenders, 
Like it's a very significant oh, thing no, that's totally. happened. And they know they reference that in the first episode. Yeah. But um, I don't think they'll. I don't think like in Luke Cage, like Danny Rand's going to yeah. show up and be like, "Hey, let's have a team up I episode." Wa- pal. I watched the the first fifteen minutes of of <laughs> it uh, last night. Mm. Um, I didn't mention it because it was only fifteen minutes, and I got too tired. And I was like, "Fuck, I gotta go to bed." Yeah, yeah. it's good so far. Excellent. Love the film. Next to one. Mm. Um. Yeah. I. This is obviously. Oh, just over- sorry, sorry. Just, just final thing on that. I guess I'm being very hopeful. I, for, what I, for whatever reason, I haven't watched any of this, but I think this <laughs> PR thing that I've been talking about, mm. I think is like wishful thinking. I, I, it probably is in the can, but if this is a genius PR move, I really hope it plays out that way because I will be, I'll, I'll be into it. I'll be into those kind of tactics. Not, not, not going to watch it. Yeah. No, <laughs> fuck or, no. Or I'm, shows, I'm spectating but... and I'm enjoying the ride. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if it was just Iron Fist cancelled, I'd say you're crazy, but doing it both is interesting. Mm. Um, my my dream view of this, which would never happen, is that Netflix just is cancelling all of these it. and gives then Disney just has them all. Like, yeah. And they can put it all on the same blank and they stop having to be ashamed of their little TV corner, you know? Because <laughs> um, I, I, I just I really want Charlie Cox to show up in the MCU proper. I really do. It's like how we were ashamed of Georgia Styles Corner. Yeah. And, and we just got rid of We cancelled it. Gave the rest to Disney. <laughs> and now it's a massive success. <laughs> uh, so Tom Holland has officially revealed his new Spider-Man suit from Spider-Man Far From Home on Jimmy Kimmel. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's pretty much the same thing, except black instead of blue, um, which is... Not as cool. Not as cool. I liked, I liked the kind of... I like the design of the Spider-Man suit. It looks like it's almost like, oh, they've chosen a really, really dark navy, and then you're like, oh, no, it's black. Well, and so- it's like, oh, that's not really what Spider-Man's all about. You know, like, make him all black or or make him black and yellow or add some different... Something else in here. But Rumor make- has it, and um, the comics bear this out, is that Steve Ditko originally designed the character to be black and red, which makes sense as a spider. Um, and comic coloring generally have blue highlights on black. Um, if you think of Venom, you'll you'll see the same thing. For like sure. he's very blue in, sure. in the comics um, as the highlight to the black. Um, and yeah, if you look at the, look at the comics, he is essentially uh, black and red. Um, and they're just doing a spin on that. I I like the the costume kind of changing every every episode, yeah. every every every. I, I don't mind like the badge work. changing or the eyes changing or like the pattern and the co- the colors can change a bit. But to go black, I don't know. It's not the biggest deal, but <laughs> it, I, it just feels odd to me. It's going to be one of many suits in the film as well. I think. I think it could work sort of out. seen the noir suit yeah. here and there. I think it could work out well in the sense that if the the suit is a little bit more out there in this one when you rewatch homecoming it's going to feel a lot more it's going to pop it's going to pop it's <laughs> going to be more zazz it's just going to feel a lot more kind of like nostalgia side for for the kind of the old spider-man like the the tv show red and blue type thing um which i really liked about homecoming it felt kind of more grounded less you know let's save the world and let you know friendly neighborhood yeah Spider-Man. more local yeah that's what Spider-Man's all about. My main, uh, my, my, main, my, my main moment of pause is the fact that he's going to be in London. That feels so weird to me. Yeah. Especially since it's just going to remind me of um, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 <laughs> when he wanted to move to London with, with Emma Stone. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he does an English accent. Oh, God, I hope That'd he's... That would be so funny. The whole movie, he's just yeah. got his accent. Hello, Governor. It's Tom Holland. <laughs> I reckon they will do that gag where he puts on a London accent. It's just going to be his accent. Yes. Someone's yes. like, that was, like, that that was terrible. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we in I'd, Hollywood I'd, right now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we can just move right on. But I think that suit actually looks really cool. Um, it actually looks a lot like uh, Doc Ock's Superior Spider-Man suit from the comics when Doc Ock became Spider-Man for a spell. 
Anyway. Um, I hated that episode. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, James Gunn. James Gunn, who we haven't talked about in two weeks because we didn't do an episode last week, has been uh, hired to write Suicide Squad 2 and he may direct. So this is... Um, Snapping him up. DC is just like, we'll, we'll take you. <laughs> yep. You can make all the child molestation jokes you want. We don't. Please, just work for us. Please. <laughs> Get that tweet feed pumping, Gunn. <laughs> yeah, uh, so this is him moving from Guardians of the MCU to Guardians of the DCU, I guess. Maybe yeah. we've talked about this, maybe we haven't. I didn't even know that they were actually slated for a Suicide Squad 2. That first one was really successful. It's one of the best performing ones in the DCU. Shut up. And also, yeah, I think it, the, like it really found a market. I think the pop culture it made a much more pop culture impact than say the, you know, any of the others. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Henry Cavill, Superman, um, Batman, like none of them. Those guys are very iconic. Yeah, I mean, Will Smith is he's still oh. a, a decent draw. Um, uh, he's, he's a good get. Yeah, for a movie like that to to you know. Yeah, but that but I mean, that, character, honest, that character that character is not audiences. who I'm referring. To. I'm referring to him, him Harley and Margot Quinn, Robbie. Basically. Oh yeah, no, yeah. no, totally. him and Margot Robbie were the two main draws for that film. I mean, and then they were the only good parts of that film. And I'd oh say. boy, Joy, Joy Courtney, Joy Courtney, yeah, <laughs> Captain yeah. Captain Boomerang, good on him. I'd like him in that. Um, that movie's such a mixed bag. And is overall. I don't ever terrible. want to watch that movie. It's, what do you mean, mixed bag? I think oh, there's good stuff in it. I think there's like individual. Se- it's like a music video. No? There's individual because it was mixed work- by people that do yeah, trailers, ads and trailers yeah. and music videos and shit. So how about this? Um, is this gun saying "fuck you, Marvel," or is this Warner Brothers saying "fuck you, Marvel," or is it both of them saying "fuck you, Marvel"? Like, how do you think David Ayer, this the director all came of about? the first film, literally said "fuck you, Marvel" at the premiere of Suicide yeah, Squad? So I think it's pretty clear what they're saying. <laughs> Which um, yeah. no, I think I think. DC just saw the opportunity. Mm. I mean, the, the the fuck you Marvel probably is an, a nice little aside. Totally. Um, but but this, quite a I serendipitous mean, why, moment. Why wouldn't you jump at this opportunity? For James sure. Gunn did wonders with Guardians. You know, um, I think that you know it was really successful at any rate. Um, it brought a, a certain type of levity to to um, to the MCU that hadn't been there before, and it, it, it certainly take them on a different um, angle. So you know what? Fuck it. Like I, I think they just looked at that and said, "We we can't pass this." And he's up. good with the ensemble cast. He's yeah. he's he can write really awkward characters like Groot and Rocket Raccoon, which on paper is really tough. Mm. Yeah, really. Like before, I remember very clearly, like before Guardians of the Galaxy came out, and I thought to myself, "Man, it's gonna be tough to pull this off." Mm. And he fucking did it, and he made you, it look easy. You were the it, first person to think that as well. I yeah. was, man. It'll be really so, interesting to see how much of that success comes down to like Feige and Marvel being involved in that. Because there's a lot of MCU films that probably shouldn't have been pulled off the way that they were. Yeah, but the machine's they, pumping. They, they did it right. Um, so, yeah, look, uh, either way, I think on, on James Gunn's side, someone offered him work, and he was like, fuck yeah. I think Warner Brothers will be not smart enough, but desperate enough to kind of let Gunn do... What he Whatever wants. more of his own thing with this than they yeah, let Aya do with the first one. Before. We, we've yeah, made know, that comment before. But, but just <laughs> so, many, so many factors. Like that first yeah. movie was cut to shit and uh, Aya's been so vocal about that. I feel like they wouldn't hire Gunn and he wouldn't take the job unless he's like, you need me more than I need you. Um, he's got so much leverage. Let yeah. me let me kind of do what I want to do yeah, here because yeah. I think I feel like the overwhelming sentiment was in his favor after all of this stuff was said. Most oh, definitely, easily, um, yeah. and he handled it with such grace. Yes, um, he didn't fire out. He he only apo- he apologized twice. 
Two separate occasions. And fantastically, yeah. He, yep. and he didn't at any point express what the rest of the world was saying. Yeah. He was just like, this is bullshit. This yeah. is some old right Nazi crap. Okay, final question here. Do you guys think you're going to enjoy Suicide Squad 2 more on, on this alone? More than one? Just the script alone? I mean, it, it's not a high bar to set. I, I'll just say yes on probability of just... It, it's looking, it's it trending. It's trending in your mind in the positive. I would have said that even without James Gunn, though. Right. I mean, like that movie is is so bizarrely bad. Yeah, that. and I find it one of the more enjoyable movies in the DC continuity just because it is so very Bizarre. strange. Well, I, yeah. I really like the way that first bit's cut together. I, I know I the names and stuff, like, it, people hate nah. that shit, but for me, I was like, this is cool. It's, it's not even the names. It was just the way that the characters were introduced. Like, I, I hate that style of introducing characters. The pacing of it was Fucking insane. I didn't mind. I was just like, okay, it's almost like an arcade video game and they're one by one coming up. I was like, okay, let's go. Like, this is the vision. I find the first movie very watchable. You just might go insane while you're watching (laughs) it. Um, That's right. I'll I'll happily watch a sequel, especially from James Gunn. I just wish they killed off more characters in the first one. So he had a bit more of a clean slate um, to work with. And that's kind of the, you know, that's the whole premise of Suicide Squad. Anyway, uh, following on from that, um, production on Guardians of the Galaxy 3 has reportedly been delayed to Feb of 2021. Um, that's a big push. Big. Well, I mean, from... I mean, Very big. It was because it was meant to start shooting back. around now. Yeah, a while back, they were just saying that this might be canned. So, for me, this is, this is nothing spectacular. Yeah, well, but the did, whole Disney never project, anything about that. you know, yeah. they've gone back into, let's find a director and mode. Pushing, like, pushing this, it back this far, they're not using gun script. Yeah. You're probably right. Like, the, I, there's the re- no way well, they push it back that far because all they need to do is find a director. And I'll tell you why I think that is. I, I don't think it's because Gunn is attached to that script or anything like that. When you think about these movies, and the reason that you don't often see them being moved around in terms of release dates within the MCU is they've got a major kind of continuity thing going. So I think they either make their planned date or they've got to rewrite shit majorly. They need to skip a phase. Yeah, and <laughs> I think that's it. I think they need one, yeah. to like place Guardians somewhere else and then like make the appropriate changes to the movies that are being shot now or the movies that are kind of coming in later. And I think they need to do a um like a sufficient enough jump that they have time to rewrite that kind of stuff. And I think they also need to do it in in a way that fits well within the release schedule. So even if they could have done it a bit earlier, they might have decided to delay it another six months because of a you know a, another release of another film because it makes more sense to introduce those characters again in that time. Because again, like the MCU is this massive turning machine, and a lot of thought goes into the which movies are being released at what time and in, in what order you are getting the information that you're getting. Um, the Guardians cog is not looking too good right now. Well, exactly, and and I mean that's <laughs> the risk taken that out you and run. serviced and probably just remade. Yeah, and that and that's the risk that you run when you're when you've got that kind of machine going is that when something doesn't work, it's not an easy fix. It's not like a DC where you can just kind of move it somewhere because it doesn't really matter in the big it's scheme in the of things. It's already yeah. completely broken. It's just a pile of yeah. parts anyway. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> chuck more on there. <laughs> you got to like, yeah. you got to make some major changes. Yeah. So uh, I reckon well, that's the contributed to it. Working title of the film is apparently Hot Christmas. Um, so that could mean anything. My, my one and only thought when I heard that was, I really hope they bring in Shane Black to direct this film. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be Um, interesting. My second thought was, oh, he made the predator. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) But I think Shane Black would be a brilliant person to come into this kind of universe. He's such a James Gunn-esque kind of guy already. Well, he is, and he works really great with that kind of dialogue. But as we saw in The Predator, the overall direction of the film and some of the kind of 
I don't know, the constraints that maybe the, the studio put on him weren't great. So if he's working with someone like Marvel, where mm. you know they'll use someone like that to write that dialogue, to direct that dialogue, but keep the, the plot moving in a, in a direction that they've kind of agreed upon already yeah then i think that's a perfect situation for him to kind of bring out that dialogue totally and that movie shone brightest when it was just a bunch of misfits fucking yeah and 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 we know that he can he can write misfits so Mm -hmm. um all right next up george i'm gonna pass this over to you i know we can't corner but mike (laughs) check one two Um, yeah, so some Star Wars news. We got a little quote here from our boy Oscar Isaac, a.k.a. Poe Dameron, and he said, reporting from the set of Episode Nine, the way they've been shooting it right now is looser than it's been for the last two times. It does feel like a relief to get on set and feel like, oh, we can try things. It's a testament to JJ coming back and feeling confident. He's got to be trolling people here. I can't think of anything that would piss off Star Wars fans more than him saying this, unless he was outright being like, we're killing all the male characters. It's just yeah. only going to be women from here on out. <laughs> okay, so we're improvising the new movie. I think what, what's, what's most interesting about this is watching the... The first thing that pops into my head is is J.J. Abrams' process as a film director mm-hmm. and listening to his commentary for episode nine... Uh, sorry, episode seven, and a couple other commentaries I've listened to him. He is like... He's not like an on-set sort of film director. He's almost like a post-production film director. What I mean by that is like the amount of times he does reshoots and he cobbles together stuff. Like it was amazing. It was amazing to hear him explain like in, in episode seven, like that bit was from this scene and this scene was actually put there and we green screen this bit and put this over that and it became this. And like, he's just like a, a magician in the editing bay, but to hear he's like doing impro and stuff. I'm not sure if JJ Abrams, that's his sort of key wheelhouse, you know, skill set. I feel like his skill set isn't in impro. It's in these other areas. And, and JJ's almost got that producer vibe. It's like you him. saw the fun they were having on the last one with uh, <laughs> Ryan Johnson. Oh, yeah, guys, I can be fun yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he's talking about it. So, this to me doesn't sound, it sounds like a lot of horseshit, really. Also, the last people who improvised on a Star Wars movie um, got fired. Got fired. <laughs> <laughs> um, <Very> judiciously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I I don't know what this is meant to mean. To be honest, it's just it's such a nothing. You know, I don't think this is a good PR move. I know. I I yeah. I, I would think that everyone would be like, "Oh, why did he say that?" Yeah, because it sounds like they don't have a plan. A Kathleen's which, like, I, I, "Where's what the fuck is going on set?" Oh, um, I don't think that's the case at all. I'm I'm sure it is mostly just a thing of JJ's coming back to something he kind of knows. He's feeling more yeah. confident with it, and they're just like. You know, after they've gotten everything they need, they can be like, and we can try this now. And yeah. it might just be comparative to last time, essentially. Because, you know, as so you said, much like more writing on it. Yeah, you know, this, I reckon he was so much more stressed with episode seven. Like, I mean, if you're following up um, oh, the episode eight, I reckon there's no pressure. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck it. Yeah. Just people, takes a, t- a turn. The people that like, are going to hate Star Wars are going to hate Star Wars. The people that are going to love Star Wars are going to love Star Wars. I mean, at fucking, he, I mean, I reckon he's looking at it as in, as long as I don't make Luke Skywalker drink green milk, I'm fucking 
clear. If you were a complete hack, and I think the verdict's still out on J.J. Abrams, then you could <laughs> so easily please so many people by just making the ultimate like fanboy <laughs> Star Wars. I mean, there's no pressure. No one like literally not... ignores stuff from the last one. Yeah, for, for the people, it's like that... Luke's just there. <laughs> yeah, for the people that didn't like Episode Eight, super like, ripped. What, he can't do anything wrong. <laughs> Snoke's literally there, like no stitches, no explanation. He's just there. I'm like, and is that Snoke's of... brother? Yeah, like, there's just no, a bunch of like Star Wars fanboys, you know, fucking Stoke. coming in their pants and be like, ah, great, Emperor Stoke. <laughs> no, I think I think he, there's no pressure, and I, that probably is why he's so much looser on this set. He's fucking out of here. Shit, just feeling it, finishing a diary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, what? 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 Yeah. Boyega, fuck you, man. One, one more. Fuck, we'll do an editing bang. <laughs> one more. Do what you want. He's just sitting there, be like, I'd have killed yeah. Boyega. Yeah. <laughs> Carrie Fisher. I would have been a fucking Who? bitch like that. What Ryan are you Johnson. About? <laughs> you want divisive? Mr. I'll fucking Abrams. give you divisive, Mr. Abrams. <laughs> Please. Please. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a renegade director. All right. And uh, <laughs> finally, some good news, especially for George here. Guillermo del Toro's previously cancelled Pinocchio film has found a home at Netflix as a stop-motion animated musical. And he's co-directing it. Very good. Happy days. Yeah, yeah what a talent. What a guy. And this is the main place I'll kind of praise Netflix, is just throwing money at directors who the studio system kind of won't uh, necessarily back. So following on from this, like everything they spent, they're throwing down t- two, billion two billion next year. Which is, I think what they spent. They spent one billion this year. Was it one billion? Okay. Yeah. They must be making. Bang. Nothing. Are they? I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure they're scaling those. So they're still in. Oh, they'd be in a huge amount of debt, but yeah. like that's, that's how those companies operate. Yeah, exactly. Like they just, you operate with a large amount of debt. Yeah. So but you over can a, grow. And then in 10 years, you're in You the charge positive. everyone accounts, everything that's in there and yeah. flight. They'll, they'll be making yeah. negative profit. Sorry. Profit, yes. Profit. Yes. But their revenue will be off the charts. For sure. Um, so this is great news. Um, I think I've, I've wanted to see this film for many years. I bundle this in with At the Mouths of Badness as one of those Guillermo del Toro films that I just am longing to see. Mm. So it's a shame it's not that, but nonetheless, pumped for this. Always keen to see stop motion as well. So this is, for me, a win-win. And yeah, his his um, version of Pinocchio is going to be Messed set up. in like Mussolini's Italy or something. Yeah. Like, oh, really? Yeah. Like it's going to oh, be an interesting cool. take it's on it. Yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Brilliant. Cool. Sign me up. So, shall we move on to trailer time? Oh, <laughs> what's that time? <laughs> trailer time? It's trailer time. Pew, pew, pew. News team assemble. Wait, what? We've been Anyways, here the whole time. Uh, we've got a lot of trailers, so let's get into it. First on the list is Disney's Aladdin, the Aladdin. live action. Aladdin. Arabian Nights. <laughs> um, not much to the trailer. Yeah, very, uh, very much a teaser. Uh, loving the diamond in the rough. I can't do the voice. I think the the Cave of Wonders looks so much worse than the original Cave of Wonders. <laughs> I, so that was a point that I was like, oh, I kind of wanted to see it come out of the sand like it did in yeah. the... Yes. What the hell? Like, what? How is the, the That's original a, uh, one I didn't, more I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it, but I know exactly not, what you mean. Uh, I didn't uh, hate the trailer. I know I'm going to hate the movie, though. You're going to oh, hate it. I really hated Beauty and the Beast. Yep. But Aladdin, I watched daily as a kid. Yeah, yeah. I sometimes loved, twice daily. That was the yeah. first. That was the first movie I ever saw in the cinema. Nice. I remember it so clearly. Was Lion King. Um, I, it's, it's such uh, a bold move. Like I just to kind of go back to the the Cave of Wonders. 
I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall when they made that decision to to change it up, um, and and seen what people thought and what what the argument was to win them over to go let's change it, because um, you know for me like that's such an iconic gorgeous scene in the mm. beginning when it just like it morphs out of the sand and you're yeah. like fuck that's so cool and if you go back and watch it now you can really see the cg the that's like one of the first uses yeah. of cg and cartoon like hand-drawn animation fused together so it's got this really interesting aesthetic to it I've yeah seen, it i've just, seen that whole sequence recently in a cinema like the the whole magic carpet roller coaster yeah, ride yeah. out of, as it's all yeah, 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 by. yeah. that holds up man that yeah, is it so really exciting does. <laughs> it really does it does have a bit of that 90s cg sheen but yeah. it looks fucking awesome oh, it's almost completely textualist yeah. but it's yeah. really exciting yeah. um uh, yeah i'm gonna hate this movie I, i'm More keen to see a full trailer it's it's already garnering like for a number of reasons a lot of controversy and i imagine that it will garner much more before it is out <laughs> yeah. and much more after it's released yep. so follow-up to george's star wars corner is aladdin's controversy corner Jesus. yeah um yeah, I, we'll, we'll see how that progresses. Mm. Um, moving on to something that I think I'm much more excited for is Glass. Um, very, very fucking cool trailer. Um, a lot more to this than the last one we saw. A lot more. A lot more, yeah. And it, much less of a cheeser. Um, kind of rounds out you know, what the story is going to be about. Um, you get the McAvoy dog run. That's all you want. McAvoy is a fucking... <laughs> Beast, beast. <laughs> yeah. just because you look like him. Every like, yeah, that guy's fucking that hot. the most attractive that man in black. Sexy motherfucker. Um, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that run is killer. <laughs> he looks like he's gonna fucking snap in half. Oh my he's doing god! Good. Yeah, it's well, how do they? I'd love to know how they do that. Yeah, that yeah, what is ending. that? Is that a, just, yeah. he chips himself in half by doing this run? <laughs> ah, fuck. Uh, I'm not a beast. This is the real split. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> um, it 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 has pressed upon me more than ever that I really need to see Unbreakable, which I haven't seen. Mm. Um, I'm so keen to rewatch that and do a retro review. So anytime well, you want to do, do that, like let's get together. Um, I need to yeah. see it. Yeah. yeah um, Again, sorry. and it just I, I, it seems like a really beautiful kind of rounding off to to what I already know about the series. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I'm interested for this. Another interesting thing about this is I'm seeing I'm the vibe I'm getting is Samuel Jackson is a little more out the front than the other two guys. This mm. is his part of the sort of trilogy. Mm-hmm. It is called and Glass. you don't like Samuel Jackson. He's in heaps of movies. He's very prolific, but it's very rare that he's the main character. He's Nick Fury. He's, you, haven't, you haven't seen The Negotiator or Coach Carter? Well, that's it. And they're all direct-to-DVD movies. Yeah. Coach Carter was not a direct-to-DVD film. <laughs> yes, I'll have you know so. I'm, I'm assuming yes. it wasn't because I loved that film as a kid. <laughs> I hated that movie. What? Um, no, I loved it. Yeah, Coming to America. Um, <laughs> so so that um, it's interesting to see him front and center. I'm digging so did that you say Coming to America? Yeah. I think that was his first movie. He's like the guy who tries to Isn't rob the Eddie Mc- Murphy? McDonald's. Yeah, no, the, no. <laughs> you know there well, are several said, black people in the movie. The main character is like, oh Ben, <laughs> no, oh, no, I've, I've, I've pulled a Connor. Fuck. Yeah, <clears throat> how good is Samuel L. Jackson? <laughs> Delirious. <laughs> Holy shit, that's stand up, man. Yeah. In the I Matrix? can't believe he hasn't gone back God. to stand up. It's so weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm pumped for that. Yeah. All right. Uh, next on our list is High Life. Um, uh, what's his God, face? Rob Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Pattinson. Sci-fi. Sci-fi horror. Space Trapped Madness. Again. Yeah. Sunshine 2. 
looks a little more black even holes. more indie, mm. stripped back. Mm. Uh, it might not even be on a spaceship. I uh, the the thought I had was that they were going to be in a simulation. Yes, I think they're underground or something. Yep. I was playing with kittens, uh, literally, while watching this trailer, so I didn't take all of it in. Yeah. But I've heard very good things. Yeah, kittens, man. Look at you. I don't think there's much to say about this. It looks it's quite fairly cryptic. art housey. It's fairly cryptic. Yeah. Um, I Conway think will never watch it. <laughs> almost certainly not. Yeah, this, it, is, it, this is right up my alley, though. This is the kind of shit I love. Looks like a middle ground between uh, Sunshine and Solaris. Yeah. Which was yeah. very cerebral yeah. and slow. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, I'll, I can't wait to give it and a go. And even um, Maniac, um, like the fact that they're in this sort of experimental environment. There's, I'm you haven't getting, finished that yet? I haven't. You're not going to? I'm going to. You're going to? Yeah. I've got one episode <laughs> to go. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Cool. So I'm going to give you the full I'm, report. I'm going to still put yeah. money on it. He's going to finish it. <laughs> I'm going to give you the full report. Give me another year. Give me another fucking year. Next up. Next up is Pet Cemetery. Have you guys seen the original? Stephen King's No. Okay, that is a scary, disturbing movie, and I've seen a lot of horror movies. It, when like, did you see Pet Cemetery the first one? About two years ago. Really? Oh, yeah, I have to check it out then. It's, and it's like, and, it was genuinely scary. It's like one. Well, it's like your typical Stephen King nineties. Sometimes um, dead is better. Eighties uh, <laughs> uh, TV TV movie, mm-hmm. but it's got it's got a really disturbing vibe to it. Cool. Um, so I'm a bit freaked out with this one. Cool. I'm a little bit freaked out. Very atmospheric. I mean, like, I feel like with horror, it comes out more than most in that the uh, the ads and the PR and the and just the general marketing. There's only a couple ways that you can really market a horror film, um, and so they've gone with minimalist kind of yeah. creepy children walking in the forest. Um, but you know, for what it is, it looks good. Well, in saying in saying, there's a couple of ways to market horror. We've got some trailers later on. There's a, a three. We've we've done about four or five horror movies this week in trailer time, and there's quite a distinct difference between the way the trailers are constructed. So I'm interested to talk about those. Nonetheless, Pet Cemetery. I'm freaked out. I'm ready for it. April, bring it yeah. on. Hmm. Stephen King horror is on a good run right now. Hopefully, this continues. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, speaking of different ways to market. I guess horror thriller. We've gone from something that's quite minimalist to something that's a little bit more insane, which is Escape Room. Um, <laughs> which I think, well, it starts out certainly kind of, you know, kind of your standard like, what's what's this? Is this a sequel to Saw or a sequel to Cube? Yeah, um, both. a little bit of both. <laughs> All right, a little bit. It's um, kind of like def- Glass. It like kind of joins the the universe right, together. Yeah, yeah, cool. I definitely got vibes of both in there. Mm. Yep. Um, a little less of Saw. Saw seems a little bit more sadistic in the way that it this it seems approaches it. Quite playful. It does. Um, it kind of also gave me a, a vibe of Final Fantasy, which I hope it isn't. Final Destination. For, uh, yeah, that's what I meant to say. Okay, I was really trying to connect the yeah. dots between Final, <laughs> yeah. Fantasy, Final Fantasy, the, like... the spirits within the, the, uh, <laughs> the animated one. Yeah, this Cloud? is a prequel. <laughs> this is a prequel to Final Fantasy. Uh, yeah. um, no, uh, yes, Final Destination, which I hope it isn't, because one of the things that really excited me about this film, and I'm not sure why, and I'm not sure how they would even pull it off, is that it's more of a puzzle mystery game yeah. that has elements of thriller and elements of that kind of more the threat of final destination as opposed to the main draw of it being how are we going to kill every character yeah like these characters I, could survive if they like 
keep their wits about them and do a good job at this. See, I would love it. It's more if, interesting than Saw, which if, is kind of you kind of fucked yeah. either way. I would love it to see if like if most, <laughs> if not all of the characters survived. If they all came out of it together, type thing. Except and the, the one real, guy getting crushed. Yeah, yeah, and, and, he's and, gone. And, <laughs> the chair guy. And then that's kind of the part that really concerned me because I was like, I, I'm not really one for snuff films. Like, I just, I don't. I, really. Yeah, Georgie and I um, get together I'm every Friday. Sure, I saw a folder in your computer yeah. the other day. <laughs> no, I mean like no, it said not snuff films. S N U P H. Like like your your saw hostel like movies that you watch it to see people systematically be killed in different ways. Yeah, um, so escape room. <laughs> well, and then that's the thing. I hope it isn't. It's like more that. Pl- as Benny said. It's playful. It's tapping into this whole cultural phenomenon of escape rooms. It's very timely. Have you guys done an escape room before? No. Yeah, just recently. Oh, really? Such good fun. Yeah. I've done. Um, I was used to. I was just kind of stood around like. Yeah. <laughs> Comment on this you movie trivia. Do that. Do that. <laughs> good fun. We should go do one. <laughs> Record it. If there's a movie themed <laughs> escape room, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Look, I'll be interested in this one. Yeah. Um, moving on to the prodigy. I'm a fire starter. Oh, twisted about, fire starter. Yeah. I was just about to go. It's an omen. <laughs> so one of the first things that that popped my mind, especially as I was re- uh, looking up the trailer on YouTube, was these guys must have done insane amount of PR and SEO work to make sure that when people looked this movie up on yeah you know, on the internet or like on YouTube, tagging everything. Oh my movie. god! Like so that it just didn't come up with prod- yeah, prodigy yeah. songs um, left, right, and center. Um, in terms of the actual film, I mean, what did you guys think? Okay, so this is what I was kind of talking about before with the horror films being marketed differently. In this one, we are seeing two scenes, basically, uh, and hypnotization, yep. uh, and um, then a, a subsequent scene. scene. So I thought this was fantastic. It really drew me in. I thought the direction of the scene is great. Mm. It's not easy to um, shoot two people in a room. We've seen the hypnotization scenes a million times. Mm. So I thought it was very well handled. And it was a, a real slow burn of like, you're getting younger, you get back to the day you're born, yep. back to before then. <laughs> yes. Uh, very intriguing. Did you notice and, the eyes? Yeah. That was mm. a creepy effect. And the final scare was very cool. Very, so very effective. The thing that I really loved about this trailer is it felt like a, a, like a, a scene from a horror film. And I, like, I genuinely got anxiety you know that anxiety that builds up in a you know when you're kind of like slowly building up the tension in a horror film and that um i felt like the trailer actually pulled that off and i don't for me trailers don't usually do that even in those scenes that you can clearly tell they're trying to um but i think the kind of the really kind of minimalist structure of this trailer um lent itself to that it really built like a scene out of a film without making it just a, a long scene. It really totally. works in its favor. My only concern is that the people who cut trailers together have one job and that's to sell a movie. And maybe there's like, Oh, this is the best bit in the movie. Let's put it in there for sure. Um, so I, I'd have to see, that, I'd have to skim a review and be like, is the rest of the movie worth yeah, anything? I think like life last year had a very similar sort of single scene trailer and that worked really well. Uh, that fucking, horror one. Well, and then the surprising uh, thing about one. that was, you know that was an intense scene to watch in like uh, in an ad. Um, oh, it was the it crazy was thing cinema. is watching it in the context of the movie was even more intense. Yeah. That was a that was a big thing to pull off. Yeah. That was one of my most because the scene kept going. Yeah, that was one of my most hard to watch scenes. Yeah, I think what was it, last year that it came out. Yeah, yeah. that was tough. Really so, well done, Connor. Just to quickly follow up your earlier point, just because I wanted to find out who directed the Prodigy. Uh, when you search the Prodigy in Google, you do not find that movie. <laughs> Um, oh yeah so i, I found it on youtube there, on youtube i found it the first go 
but there was like one trailer for it, and then the rest was just songs. So they must have just pumped this one, you know, YouTube channel and just been like praying to God that it got to the top. Um, moving on, we've got The Curse of La Lorana. Um, you don't have to remind me, we watch a lot of horror. Yorona. Tra- tra- Yorona. Um, Yorona. Which one was this? This was the... The Weeping Widow. Yeah. The girl... Kids in the car. D- uh, d- um, produced by James, James Wan. Our hero. Kids in the car. Just- yeah, that was a great scene. The kids in the car winding up the windows. And you missed the punchline too. I think you were playing with kittens. Yeah. <laughs> I think I might have just missed this one yeah. somehow. Did I miss the punchline with that? Did you, at the very end of the trailer when like the door keeps opening, he's like closing it. Yeah, and yeah. Then, then he, he looks down as a... a he has to pick up a, the cloth um, oh, from the I bottom, and the door just fully opens, and she's right there. <laughs> oh yeah, you know I did and see. Yeah, that. No, I, I, did I see completely that. missed this trailer. She, I was like, I don't like, I don't remember this. Nothing like, really stood out it. to me about this. Seems very Conjuring University, mm. tapping into that vibe, and I'm not sure it's going to be able Scaled to scale back it. from haunt, haunted house to haunted car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, second last in our list, got a large list, um, is the possession of Hannah Grace. Um, I liked this trailer. Me too. Me too. There's so many exorcism movies, and this one looks like the set after all the other exorcism movies. It's like you've got that. Yeah, very that true. Ends, and it's like a sequel to that. I like, it's like it. What happens in the morgue? Yeah. And it was that, and the fact that I just loved the body horror in it. Mm. It's it good. Lo- it's very effective. I love watching um, kind of possessed people walk and and creak around, and I, mm. I, I'm always fascinated with that style of of horror. Um. I watched a movie earlier this year called The Autopsy of Jane Doe, which was uh, a yeah. Netflix similar vibe yeah. in a morgue set in one area. How'd you like it? I really enjoyed it. Okay. Um, I'm watching that tonight. Yeah, just scope it out. Cool. Um, this one seems to have a few more elements to it with the possession, uh, the exorcism. A bit, of a, a bit of a cat aspect. and mouse thing I like, where yeah. it's just like it seems to be the two of them in this, this place. Um, and she's obviously got some issues. There may be a psychological aspect to it, whether yeah. or not it's actually happening, I feel. Yeah. Um, yeah, six cool. Pumped. Pumped. Finally, we've got Jonathan, which what is... was this one? Uh, uh, what's his name? Agner Ag- Sim, her pen. Yeah, that guy. Uh, Ansel ba- baby driver, Ansel Elgort. Ansel Elgort. Ansel, Ansel yeah. Belbort. Um, <clears throat> Ansel! Ansel, go to your room! <laughs> That's a Can you imagine weird that? way to go I would that. never... I would never like, I would, like take your I parents could, seriously. Yeah, like why the fuck do you? You call did this answer? to me. Yeah, <laughs> you bastards. I'm not answering to that. Um, I when it started, I thought this was going to be super kind of gimmicky. Hmm. They're going to rely on the gimmick of um, of you know uh, dual personality syndrome or multiple uh, personality syndrome. Um, they kind of do. Or at least it looks like it. They do in the trailer. The trailer's doing a lot of work to kind of lay down the premise. It's like, but yeah. it adds in a few other ingredients. It eh? does, and I think that might be enough to take it across the line. Mm. There's a couple of you know angles that they take that I, I really liked. I mean, the way that they um, interacted with each other, I mm. thought was pretty cool. Um, it's a it's something that I've actually seen a bit in. Um, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. So in a TV show that I recently watched, um, and that Ben maybe going will watch soon. Um, <laughs> uh, and the title is <laughs> um, and I, I I really liked it in that te- in that show. Um, yeah, I just as long as they don't just rely on the gimmick, then I think this could this could pull it off. Yeah, I think, I think it looks really cool. Yeah, could it pull you off as well? You, 
Ansel and now Elgort. it's time to get into question <laughs> of the week. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, what were you going to say? I was going to say Ansel Elgort is very punchable, so I hope the movie makes Do you not use like of him? that. Don't just like him. He just looks, looks super punchable. <laughs> <laughs> You're not you know wrong exactly about that. exactly what you mean. <laughs> we'll smash that guy's face in. Hmm. Well, well. <laughs> no, I do. I genuinely do. Never had a fly. All right, let's get into the question of the right week. Right guys. Do you want to do you wanna, do you wanna punch, an- punch Ansel or go in the face? Let us know. Let's put up a vote. <laughs> Should <laughs> yes. we put up a vote on Facebook? Yes, L- vote now to, put, to tell us if you want us to put up a vote on Facebook. All right. Okay. We've got a question of the week here from our boy Drew Torres. Thanks for asking us this, bro. Um, so Drew has, I think he watched o- Oculus. You hit us up, you, you messaged us, man. Let us know that you saw Oculus. So nice. hell yeah. Um, question is Mike Flanagan is working on Dr. Sleep, the, the shining sequel. Should it be a sequel to the Kubrick film or its own thing? Um, so that's a good question. And just for everyone who doesn't know, Mike Flanagan, we've been harping on about this guy. He directed Hill House. He directed also, what's that one that I can never remember the name of? Oculus. Oculus, the Stephen King one, though. Gerald's Game. Gerald's Game. Before I Wake. Have to go watch Gerald's Haunting Game. Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, he's fucking yeah. great. Um, <clears throat> so so it's, not, it's not what do you think, it, but it's, it's should it be. Should like, it be a sequel? Should it well, be? Well, the story what, what's is, the best a, way to go? is a sequel. So the story, it takes no, place no, but right it, after the... But I guess what he's saying is like, um, you know, the Kubrick film is so different from Stephen King's novel mm. that should this sequel that's coming up, should it, should it draw, f- like, should, should it draw from that Kubrick film or should it just be in, in, in from debt the shining to- the book? Or, sh- yeah, the Stephen King, because so- Stephen King famously hates the Kubrick shining. Because it's vastly different from the yeah, book. But it's a fucking awesome film. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that it should be separate from Kubrick. I think that, um, A, you, on the off chance that it's bad, you don't want it mm. to be associated with The Shining. It's like... Yeah. It just, I know it shouldn't, but sometimes that, you know, having a bad sequel... For sure. Se- sequel, sequel. The sequel. <laughs> can affect how you watch the original. I, I don't think it'd make too much difference to The Shining, but at the same time, it's a risk either Case way. Case in point, Kingsman. Um, yeah. The other aspect of it is just in terms of the the time between them, it's too late. I mean, like, just the, the actors are different, if nothing else. And I know you can still reference the, well, the so events. Interesting point. Um, Doctor Sleep was written in 2013, uh, the Shining was written in 1977. Um, I don't know what the actual. Um, it's like 20 the, years. So, like, but, but, yeah, no, 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 Danny's no, 18 or something. No, no, isn't no, he? When Wendy is slowly recovering from her injuries, is what I've read of it. It's, so about, it's about the kid as an adult, from what I understand. Yeah, I thought the kid, he the was kid 18 or 25 or something. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. As an adult, Danny. Yeah. So it's sort of 20, 25 years afterwards. Yeah. So you could, you're not going to cast the kid. Red Room! You're not going to cast him. And I don't know anything about it. I assume Jack Nicholson's Jack Torrance isn't in Doctor Sleep. I don't Sleep. think he is, no. <laughs> um, so you would, you would dodge that bullet. No, I, I, I completely agree, Connor. I think this has to be its own thing. I think Kubrick had his own vision and DNA. And with all these concepts that the book has brought in with Doctor Sleep, which I think it's vastly different from The Shining, um, it's going to be hard to weave that in with Kubrick's narrative and that vision. So better to just kind of run the gauntlet and make it what it... Just do an adaptation of the Doctor Sleep novel. I think that's the best way to go. 
Yeah, I, I have to lean that way as well. I wish I knew a few more of the variables, like exactly how different Kubrick's um, film is to the book. I know it's very, but I don't know. In so terms of the broad strokes, I don't you, know how much. Have you seen the, the TV series of no, The Shining? No, okay, no, no. so I watched that mm. back in the day, like probably been 10 years ago now. And like the hedge, it's not a hedge maze. These, like, the, there's a name for it. I'm like, you know, the animals they cut out yeah. of hedges, they come to life. Wow. And they, it's, the, oh, and it's this terrible 90s CG. <laughs> um, that's the main thing that pops out of my head, but it's vastly different, like yeah. completely yeah, different. Yeah. 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 Um, so you'd kind of have to. So we can actually answer a couple of things about it, not even just in terms of what it is, um, or in terms of what it is, not what we want it to be. Um, Flanagan has said that Kubrick's The Shining will be acknowledged in part. Oh. Um, whether that means it is a direct sequel or whether he'll be paying homage to it wow. is up in the air. I reckon it'll be that. So homage? he's paying... He's, yeah. Yep. Like, okay. an, interesting, also, an interesting thing he did with The Haunting of Hill House is every episode is just full of hidden ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, faces. So, like just faces, random ghosts standing around in the background of shots. So hard to spot. And from what I understand, a bunch of those actually reference just like a lot of his other films. Okay. Yeah. Like it's all just all time. So, so it's like I said, it, it, it could <laughs> be a margin, it could be either way. It's, it's kind of open-ended. And also, um, they, they <laughs> Danny won't be played by the child actor because he's being played by Ewan McGregor. Uh, um, which, as far as I'm concerned, is a fantastic casting for just about anything. Yep. Because um, mm. I really like him. And not just because he shares my last name. Mm-hmm. Um. So but yeah, in terms okay, of how I want this presented, I'm okay with homages. I would prefer it to not be a direct sequel. Um, and I think that they can do some interesting things in terms of flashbacks and setting up the scene. And um, it, it does put a little bit more work on the back of Mike Flanagan if he needs to set up what's happened before and particularly point out the differences in what happened to Danny in this universe as opposed to what happened to him in, in Kubrick's universe. Um, but I, you know, I think he's a, a capable filmmaker and I think he'll be able to do that. Um, I'm glad we're saying Mike Flanagan as often as possible because I just really want to ingrain it in honestly, my head and everyone else's head. We've yeah. got it. We've fucking got it. Not Mark Flamagen's <laughs> Mike Flanagan. Yeah. I think that's really cool. I think, you know, on Gun Instinct, I gave my answer before, but to hear that he's going to have homages in there, it's going to make it a little more digestible for the yep. audience that's not fully involved. Mm. So it's a smart move. Mike, you fucking done it again, son. <laughs> Doctor Sleep, movie of the year. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't even come out yet. <laughs> Woohoo! And that's it, another episode done. Connie, gotta go eat some food. That's me. Alright, we'll be back next week. Some crazy antics. It's gonna be crazy. <laughs> Boys Carter. Bye. 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 Bye.